Welcome back to the Mom Who Works podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Worthen. If you're wondering if you belong here, you do. If you're wondering if you're a good mom, you are. And if you want the permission and power to figure out exactly what you want out of the intersection of motherhood and careerhood, we've got your back. Mom Who Works is for the mom who already works, the mom who misses work, the mom who wants to work, and the mom who doesn't know what the hell she wants. And we are so glad you're here. Chapter 13, this one is the crux of the Mom Who Works mission, and I am so excited to bring it to you today. Chapter 13, on having it all, define your all. Featured Mom Who Works, Carrie C., optometrist, area of expertise, pre- and post-operative care of cataract, glaucoma, corneal, and refractive surgery patients. Mom of one, age two. On becoming a mom who works. I became a mother at the age of 32. I had worked full-time since I graduated from optometry school, and with a new house, car payments, and student loans, there was no question of whether I would return to work. It was absolutely necessary. I had worked up until my due date and then went out on maternity leave. Little did I know that my son was going to take his time with his arrival. Ten days later, he arrived via induction and subsequent C-section. During those ten days of waiting, I had a lot of time to think about the mother I would become and about this new little life that was about to change mine. All I can say is, I really had no clue. His arrival turned my world upside down. I was completely in love, obsessed, and overwhelmed. He was nine weeks old when I returned to work, and although I prepared myself for how hard it was going to be, I never could have imagined the reality. Leaving him every day was unbearable for me. I soon began to question every decision I had made in my life. Why did I have to take out so many student loans? Did we really need a bigger house? I could have gotten a couple more years out of my very old car. I felt everything I had worked for, all the school, all the time, all the money invested, I was completely willing to give up for him. I felt like a traitor to all the women who had fought so hard so I was able to have a career. But what I came to realize was that they fought so hard for me to have a choice, and my feelings were not something to be ashamed of. I continued working through my son's infancy, and I can say that it was one of the hardest things I have ever done. On remaining a mom who works. It all became easier, just like everyone said it would. It helped to see my son thrive and be loved in his childcare environment. As he has gotten older, I've slowly realized I also need stimulation outside of motherhood. I very much recognize I am an introvert, so I assumed if I ever stopped working, I would be fine. I have come to find this is not the case. I completely understand how women lose themselves once they have children. The children become your reason for existence. I found I needed my own time to recharge and rediscover who I am outside of being my son's mother. Work helps me do this. My son is sweet, silly, and very curious. He looks at the whole world with wonder and amazement. He has made me re-examine everything I do on a daily basis and has taught me so much along the way. I can never thank him enough for helping me grow. I'm flourishing as a mom who works. Some days I flourish, some days I flounder. But the one thing that has helped me is cutting myself some slack. I tend to be the hardest on myself, holding myself to arbitrary societal standards that I would never hold anyone else to. I don't cook dinner most nights, and I'm pretty awful at housework. It's the last thing I want to do when I come home. People talk about having it all, but I have found this is an illusion for me. I'm learning to look for the wins in each day. 
I can't be an amazing doctor and an amazing mom at the same time. When I get home from work late and only see my son for two hours that day, it is not a mom win in my heart, but it is a work win. I give my patients and my coworkers the time they needed and deserved. When I'm able to give my son my undivided attention, living in that moment fully with him and summoning patience and understanding I didn't know existed within me, that's a mom win for me. Every woman is different in how she flourishes, and that is what makes motherhood such a wonderful, special journey. I have had three very different births with each of my kids. My first was a natural holy shit situation, while my second was a situation where I assumed I can do this again. So I labored forever. The nurse checked me. I pushed. She was wrong. I got the epidural. It took on one side. It got corrected. And baby boy was here in 20 minutes. And then I had my baby girl. I don't share this without recognizing the incredible grief involved with difficult fertility journeys. For me, that was simply not the case. My first son was conceived very quickly. My second was a surprise. Definitely wanted, but very unexpected because it put my boys at 21 months apart. And oh boy, that was hard. And my daughter was a divine intervention when we thought we were done, said, let's give it a month. And it happened. I don't have the answers for why these things happen the way they do. And trust me, I have women very close to me who have had the most trying of circumstances, and I feel deeply blessed I did not have those. My heart feels incredibly heavy for those who do. I will say, the surprise second kiddo, that was certainly a trip. And for any moms who have had a surprise pregnancy, I honor you with the weight of it. If you want to swap stories over wine, hit me up. My second pregnancy was incredibly difficult. Sweet boy tried to come too early, an experience I wish on no one. So when those same promptings began in my body with my third, I knew what to do. I parked my ass in my recliner. You see, we had elected, I had demanded, to wait until the birth to find out if the baby was a boy or a girl. I did not want to spend the entire pregnancy with questions in my mind. If it was a boy, am I going to do this again and try for a girl? If it was a girl, is this my last pregnancy? Am I savoring every moment? It was all too much, and I wanted to be surprised. No one will believe me, I'm sure, but I'm telling you, I knew it was a girl. I dared not speak it aloud because I sincerely hate being wrong, and I did not want to jinx it. I had two boys and felt that three would be fantastic, but I certainly wanted the opportunity to raise a daughter. When I'm telling you I felt like my mind was slipping, I am not exaggerating. My emotions were beyond volatile. My sister-in-law literally put the monster emoji next to me in her phone, next to my name. Yes, I know about this, Emily. I can still remember telling people, I'm just so sorry. I literally cannot help it. I would be in situations where I am known to be calm, cool, and collected, and I was not. With knee-jerk reactions, overbearing responses, and visceral, deep-in-my-body feelings I had never felt. I thought to myself, there has got to be an abundance of estrogen in my system. Be that as it may, there was obviously still a very strong chance this kid was a boy. My pregnancies had all been very different, so who could know? The one thing I did know, I wanted this baby out as soon as was safe and possible. So I scheduled my induction for one week earlier than my due date. The first two had come nine and 14 days early, respectively, but I wasn't taking any chances because odds were that I would be taking prisoners by that point, and we all needed to just wrap this up. 
We checked into the hospital in the wee hours of the morning, my perfect doctor coming in from her maternity leave for adoption just to deliver my baby. She was sincerely an angel here on earth, and I trusted no one but her to deliver my child. Shield your eyes, guys, but I needed no stitches for any delivery, and I 100% give her the credit. I was not messing around. I needed Dr. Jones. When the anesthesiologist came in, I had a talk prepared and ready. Here's what I said to him and his intern. Listen, I'm tired. This is my third kid, and I have not had a successful epidural to date. I need you to do your absolute best work. I'm telling you, I need you to epidural like you have never epidural before. I need you to get that stick just right. I need the meds flowing at pristine levels, and I need to be able to take a nap through this labor. Can you do it? The anesthesiologist looked at me and said super casually, yeah, I got you. And boy, he sure did. The epidural kicked right in, the tooth started slipping right out, and I dozed off to take a nap. I woke up just a bit later and could feel some serious pressure. The nurse was reluctant to check me again because it hadn't been that long, but I insisted. And guess what? We were ready to go. Two pushes later, and the baby was here. My best friend Haley had given me the idea to let my husband reveal the news. We had planned this with my doctor. She showed him the baby first. He looked me straight in the eye with his eyes brimming over with tears, and he said simply, It's a girl. I circulated a simple two-word text to my nearest and dearest. She's here. And my dear friend Bridget framed a screenshot of that text message that sits on my desk with a Polaroid photo my son took of June and me. She's here was not just about June. It was about me, too. Of all the births and all the seasons, with all the joy and pain and suffering and celebration, her arrival was the most calm, certain, and clarifying of them all. How will you know what your all is? How will you define it, defend it, protect it, and pursue it? You get incredibly clear about what it is that you want, what you're willing to give up, and what you are absolutely under no circumstances willing to compromise. She's here was not just about an incredible gift of new life in the form of a baby, but it was a reckoning of new life for me. She was the permission, she was the pruning, and she was the promise of what I needed and wanted to be, who I wanted to become. Her future as a potential mom who works was now something I could, would directly impact, and I could not take that more seriously. You've done that work throughout the course of this book. My all is what you want, not what others want for you, and now you know that. The phrase, have it all, is bullshit. Who said that? Who defined it? Who put the notion into your head that you must be all, do all, want all, achieve all? I'm 100% in favor of you doing whatever it is you want to do, of getting all that you can out of this one wild and precious life. But that first requires you to define your all and escape the hamster wheel of external expectations placed on you by friends and strangers alike. It's in your hands, your heart, and your head to determine what your all truly is. I asked our Mom Who Works community to share how they define their all, and here are some of the responses. Being able to spend time with my family, take care of myself, and pursue my ambitions, Megan S. Healthy and happy relationships, mindset, and purpose in the world, Kelly G. Everyone happy and healthy, Kate G. Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, social, and financial health, being content, Jillian W. Feeling peace and joy just being me, and having what I have right now, Simi J. Balance of investment in my family, my whole self, and my community, Andrea V. 
Choosing what qualifies as all must be a practical view of time and energy. What is actually possible? Sabrina H. Determining what my non-negotiable priorities are and sticking with them. Alexis H. It's sad, but when I have even 15 minutes to myself each day, that feels luxurious. Merrick C. I want a fulfilling career. I want a good marriage and balanced family life. I want to have times with just my husband and times just with girlfriends. So for me, having it all means being able to balance all of that because these are the things I value most. Leanne P. Do you see the beauty of defining your all? It's different from her all and all are. It's just for you. It feels like freedom. It feels like I'm all in. If you're a mom who works, who has been struggling to define your all, and perhaps you believe what you have now is so far removed from what you want that the only possible response is to quit and start completely over, then I have advice for you. Simply commit to starting again. I prefer the phrase starting again to starting over because it captures the work you've already done. You are not starting over. Rather, you are starting again with all the wisdom, experience, and personal knowing you have accumulated through your last efforts. It's a process that allows you to reassess and consider again what works for you. It allows you to release what no longer serves you and set it free. It gives you the power to recalibrate and adjust where you're headed And it gives you the opportunity to reimagine what is and what can be in your life as a mom who works. Do what you know, use what you have, finish what you started. It's a mantra used by McQuillan Smith that permeates our community, a calling and commitment from each of us to honor that which is within and that which is outside and that which is all around to define our all. At the intersection of motherhood and careerhood, we are moms who work. We choose it even when it's hard. We choose it even when we temporarily want something else. We choose it in the good. We choose it in the bad. We choose it because our families need it. We choose it because we as individuals need it. To the mom who is becoming a mom who works, do what you know. How will you know? First, you look within, trust yourself, and rest confidently that you already know and already have what you need to become. To the mom who is remaining a mom who works, use what you have. You do not need to start over, but you may need to start again, drawing on the depth and breadth of experience, intuition, hardships, and joys you've learned from on your journey. You can choose to remain because you can trust where you've been. To the mom who is flourishing as a mom who works, Finish what you started. The flourishing is found in the releasing of guilt, comparison, and shame, and in wholeheartedly embracing the pursuit of the definition of what having it all means just for you. It's in this acceptance that you find the ambition to advance yourself and advance others, creating conditions for moms who work to flourish. To the mom who works on becoming and remaining and flourishing once again, It is a joy to stand beside you as you reimagine, reinvent, and recommit to the cyclical journey of being a mom who works. There's tremendous power in the collective promise of our Mom Who Works community to propel you forward towards your dreams, prop you up in hardship, and promote you in success. You are a mom who works, and you are redefining what it means to be a working mom in a world without working dads.